0: This is Mike Kitko, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I'll never be a hustle whore or grind guru, but I do believe in having it all, health, wealth, and a life full of love. Struggle is not the goal, and sacrifice is not glamorous. I like the path of least resistance. It just takes a shift in mindset and the beliefs you hold. Do you believe that you need to sacrifice now to have what you want later? Or do you believe that you can have it all, all the time? Because your beliefs create your outcomes. I choose to feel wealthy, successful, and happy every day And you get to choose for yourself. Welcome to lead love profit play where small business owners learn and choose to have it all and choose to create success without the stress. You know, I try to keep the, the topics and these podcast episodes. I try to keep, I try to keep the subjects like mm, connected to. How to create an awesome life and how to, you know, how to wake up excited every single day, you know, to the life that you get to live and how to create something extraordinary in this lifetime, not just, not just mark time until you take your last exhale. And, and sometimes what I lose sight of is. There, there are only so many topics in the world that, that we can cover. And, and I mean, it's not that I've exhausted all the topics. I'm only on, you know, episode, whatever, 90 something, but the point being is it's okay to revisit old topics. And, and recently I had a, I had a, a list of questions sent my way, and it was things that they wanted this, this, Consumer wanted me to address, uh, you know, more regularly and more often and more powerfully, I guess. And what one of those, and and I'm going to start addressing some of these, some of these questions, right? So obviously if I, if I got a list, then there's more to explore and more to unpack. And one of the questions was, what does mean living a purposeful and intentional life mean? Now, In order to understand this, I'm going to, I'm going to take this. And it's a great question, by the way. But in order to fully understand, I'm going to give some background and some history. So, you know, I grew up in a lower, lower middle class, blue collar work ethic home uh you got to work hard for your money money's hard to make you've got to you know you've you've got to work for the man you you know you 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 go to work for an employer and you work for 40 years and you know these are the the values that were that were kind of i guess ingrained in me and that were were gifted to me for lack of better words um but also from the same from the same parents that gifted me with these concepts they also gifted me that god is angry and judgmental and punitive and punishing and temperamental and jealous and vengeful, but he loves you very, very much. And, you know, that didn't completely make sense to me. And it never did. And I was told by the teachers that that when they sent me to school, you know, to 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 uh to religious school, to religious education, when I asked these questions, you know, as the, I guess, I don't know, maybe as the um uh, Inquisitive child that I was when I asked these questions, it was, you're not allowed to ask those questions. God loves you. He just, he will punish you and make you perish for eternal damnation. I just, I just, it never clicked with me and I never fully understood. But so the same parents that taught me that making money is hard and you got to work hard for your money. And it like life is about stress and struggle and, and, and marriage is hard and it's full of conflict and, my father was married three times. My mother was married twice, and I saw them argue about money all the time. They loved me so much, but you know, it was kind of like looking back. It was kind of humorous the, you know, the, the the life that I saw growing up, and and the the model of what marriage looked like, and what work looked like, and what you know, good looked like, and what happy looked like. It, I mean, it was a it's a little upside down, a little wonky, and I it it helped me understand things very very clearly in in why i live the life that i live because we typically we typically just carry out the modeling and the programming of the people that we love who teach us what life really is right so and and that's important when when we talk about a purposeful and intentional life that what i just said is 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 super important it's super critical to understand we typically carry out the lifestyle with the beliefs And with the understandings that we attain from the people that we love and the people who model what life looks like, we we just kind of take what we learn from the people that we love and we just pass it on to the next generation as well. When we are unconscious, when we don't question what we were taught. We just think what we were taught and what we saw is correct. It's the way things are. And we just bring that to the next generation. That's a very, very critical concept to understand as we unpack this. So when I, as I was, you know, growing up and and as I became an adult and as I went to work for for companies, because going to work for companies is what you, like, it's what you do. It's just what you do. And there's people that start businesses. They're out of their minds because there's no, and I'm air quoting for people that are, that are listening for, for, you know, those people that are entrepreneurs in business, there's no security in that. And, and this is just, this is the, hmm. This is the biased programming and conditioning that was handed to me. And I believed it. I bought it, hook, line, and sinker. Now, when I was in corporate, as I was ascending the ladder, the reason I was ascending the ladder is because I had an entrepreneurial spirit. I I had a leadership, a I guess a drive, a drive for growth. I was always curious. I always wanted to know the next thing. I always wanted to understand the next step. There was a, an eagerness, a drive. There was an aggressiveness. There was a love of change and a love of moving things around to see what's not working and to see what is working. And, and I listen, when I was, I was, I was literally managing a production line, uh, or actually managing a plant and there was this production line in inside of my plant. And I'm just going to give you some, you know, quick understanding of, of the way my mind works is. Let's say I could get 100 units down this production line. And that was my capacity in manufacturing. We, we measure things by capacity, right? So it, my capacity was I could get 100 units down this, down this manufacturing line in a shift. And I had orders of, you know, 80 and 90 and 95. Typically what, what would happen is my sales team would they would deliver orders that were within my capacity because they could deliver in a in a timely manner. Okay, so what what that means is they had, let's say it's a a two week delivery time from order to delivery. They knew if they if they kept the orders below 100 that I could deliver within two weeks and that's when they would most likely land a sale. But I had capacity of 100, and it was a limited capacity. Now, here's how my mind works. I put in an artificial order of 120, and my team looked at me like I was cross-eyed. We have a capacity of 100, and you're going to like break the line. You're going to help make us put 120 down this line, and it's going to break the line when we know we have a capacity of 100. And I knew what I was doing. We put 120 down, and I saw where the line broke. I saw where my capacity was bottlenecked. I saw the problem. Until I broke it, I couldn't see the problem. And now that I broke my capacity, now I broke the production line, now that I exceeded my capacity, I could see where my bottleneck was, and then when I saw where my problem was, I could address it and fix it. And when I fixed it, when we fixed it, now our capacity was 120. And now sales guys started delivering orders in a in, in excess of 100 because now the only thing that was limiting them was the lead time. And now my lead time went down for, for more quantity. So that's how my mind works. What's next? What's next? What's next? How are we going to attack this next problem? How are we going to going to create a problem that we get to solve? How are we going to find an opportunity to expand ourselves, to extend ourselves, to to create more? That's how my mind works. It's not security oriented. It's growth oriented. There are people with fixed mindsets and there are people with growth mindsets. And I am very much a growth oriented, mindsetted, heart-setted human being. And, and I was taught to get a job by parents that were fixed mindset oriented, security-based. And they they were trying to teach someone, me, who, who was designed, genetically designed and had a predisposition, saw this in, in, in school as well, a predisposition for a natural curiosity to extend the boundaries, to expand, to, to, to increase the container, to understand the things that I was interested in at a higher level. Meanwhile, I could care less about the things that that I cared less about. I didn't care. But I did care, and I did possess a natural curiosity for the things that I had a passion for and then the things I I was curious about. And that is why I broke things so that we could fix them. Now, throughout my Fortune 500 experience and my executive experience, what this mindset would do it would always land me in the captain's seat I was I started out as a you know a, an individual contributor then I would become a team lead and from a team lead a production manager from a production manager a, a plant manager and from a plant manager a larger operations manager and a general manager the point being is I ended up in the captain's seat ninety nine times out of a hundred. Because of my willingness and ability to question how to expand our circumstances, how to grow, and how to create new, bigger problems that we get to solve. Because that is not the norm in security-minded individuals and security-minded people. And that's where you're going to find most security-oriented and security-minded people is in employment of other people. No, nope, no right or wrong, but the people that are growth oriented are going to be the exception in corporate America, not the norm. So I always had an entrepreneurial mindset and a heart set. I, I was always growth-oriented, but I want to go back to but I was encouraged by fixed mindsetted security-based individuals who hid and protected themselves. From exposure and risk and uncertainty, I was taught how to be them instead of taught how to be me. And I also tried to take what I modeled, what I saw modeled in my, in, in my, my childhood, my formative education, my formative years, and I tried to bring that into my marriage. Where the woman had a role, the man had a role, and if you carry out your role, I can carry out my role. And, it, and that was fixed mindsetted, fixed heart-setted. It was, it was fixed oriented as well. It wasn't growth oriented. It was traditional. It was static. It was outdated. It was expired, especially for the awesome woman that I married. It wasn't perfect for her, and I tried to bring what I learned, and what I thought life was supposed to be into my life, which like, I'm a different human being than the people that I was taught how to live and what life was and what, what life was supposed to be and what life wasn't supposed to be. I hope this is making sense because this is important. So between the ages of 0 and 7, so maybe 0 and 10, you will believe anything you're taught. You will believe anything you're told, and you will look, look for every opportunity to carry out the programming and the conditioning that you were force-fed as a child when you couldn't question for yourself what was correct and what wasn't. What was truth? And what was false? What was for them and what was for you? You believed anything you were taught. Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy. I was was taught some really, really awful shit. And, And I tried to carry that stuff out. And it wasn't right for me. And I tried to fit myself into the corporate box, and I tried to fit myself in the marriage box, and I tried to fit myself into the religious box, and I tried to fit myself into into the, the drinking box. I tried to fit myself into these boxes, and none of those boxes were created for me. They were created by others and tried to be instilled and programmed in me so that they could feel like they were safe by seeing me live the same life that they were living. So when everything collapsed, when I was 43 years old, I got the opportunity to build my life, rebuild my life. When I took the barrel of the gun out of my mouth and decided not to kill myself, not decided not to end my life, And realized at that moment that I had nothing, nothing figured out. And everything I was ever taught growing up was obviously bullshit. And I got to start over from square one. I dumped their God. I dumped their idea of what business looked like. I dumped their idea of what marriage looked like. I dumped their idea of what life looked like and started to figure out what do I believe life looks like? What do I believe about God? What do I want to do in my career? What do I want my marriage to look like? What do I, what are my dreams? And I got to put my life back in a way that felt natural, fulfilling, rewarding for me and inspirational for me. Because when I tried to build a life based on what I was taught, I dreaded waking up every single day. And we have about 80 or 90 years on this planet, full life life cycle, lifespan now in 2023. Why would you ever want to wake up one day dreading the life that you get to live? Why would you ever want to wake up? Why would you ever be willing to do things that make you regret even opening your eyes to face the day, to go where you don't want to go, to do what you don't want to do, to work for people that you don't want to work for? Why would you, why would you serve yourself up for that? You only serve yourself up for that if you're trying to fit yourself in a box that doesn't fit. And what I talk about with my clients is when they try to force fit themselves, try to force themselves into somebody else's small box, I say, listen, instead of trying to fit your size 11 into a size 9 shoe, why don't we go out and find you a size 11 shoe? And it'll fit more comfortably. And it'll feel better. You'll be able to wear it longer. It'll be, it'll be comfy. It'll be exciting to put that shoe on. You won't dread putting that shoe on. So I got to, I got to decide what do I want my health to look like? What do I want my career to look like? What do I want my wealth to look like? What do I want my marriage to look like? And I got the opportunity to design that, like that lifestyle. That life, the health, the the career, the wealth, the marriage, the, the family, the harmony within the family. I got to decide what I wanted from an intentional basis instead of just being a victim of it. And what I mean by that is when I got clear about what I wanted, it was going to happen one way or the other. When I decided to lose 100 pounds, it was a done deal because I decided it. When I decided to start a business, I decided at that moment it was going to be successful. When I decided to create wealth in my life to give me more margin so that I could live the experiences that I want to live that feel fulfilling and natural and inspirational for me, it was a done deal, especially when I said I wasn't going to build wealth in a way that made me dread my life. Or what I got to do to create the wealth. And in my relationship with my wife and my children, when I decided there was going to be harmony in this house, it was already a done deal. And when my wife wouldn't agree to that, when my wife continued to attack and didn't buy in, I filed for divorce. And that is what made her opt in. Because I was getting my harmony with or without her. What living a purposeful and intentional life is, is understanding who you are, what you want, what's natural for you, what's expansive for you, what's fulfilling for you, and deciding to have it at that moment, knowing that you're not going to settle for less. And the right people get to opt in and the right people get to opt out. And up to that point, I had surrounded myself by people with people that were in high states of drama and conflict and struggle and stress and complaining about their jobs and hating their work. And Monday sucked, and Fridays were awesome, and we drank ourselves to death over the weekend. I surrounded myself with those people. And when I realized that that wasn't working for me anymore, that I wanted to feel healthy, I wanted to feel vital, I wanted to feel dynamic, I wanted to feel energy, and I wanted to feel inspirational, those people had to go because there's no room in my life for anybody that's going to pull me back into that old way of being since I've chosen a whole new lifestyle and a whole new way of living that's purposeful and intentional for me. And it might sound selfish, but it is the most selfless thing you can do because when you decide for yourself what you want in life, and what the lifestyle you want to create and you begin to create that lifestyle, you give every that you love permission to do the same. When I started working out and I've got a gym in my basement it's behind that wall, if you're watching on video, when I started when I started my my health journey and I worked out five hundred and thirty some days in a row, I can't remember the number, but it's five hundred and thirty some days in a row or somewhere like around that. My children, literally, my older daughter specifically, like pulled me aside and said, Dad, you're making too many changes too quickly. Can you stop? And when I said, Katie, I can't do that. I won't do that. I I'm gonna get fit and I'm gonna take care of myself because I want to be a better man. I want to be a better father. I wanna I want to feel better on a daily basis. And I wanna. I want to make radical changes in my life. So I, I won't stop working out. I won't stop making these changes. It was just a few weeks later that she was down here working out too. Because when I wouldn't give in to the old lifestyle, that's when she decided not to give in to the old lifestyle. Well, my wife and I, when Angie and I stopped the massive amounts of conflict and arguing and drama in our lives and we made peace and we, and we chose and we decided at that moment that, that I, I filed for divorce. And when we, when we agreed to not go through with that, I, I basically told her, I will not go back to that old lifestyle. It is not acceptable. And I will not settle for less than complete peace and harmony in this home. And when she opted in and she agreed, our girls, Since they had been raised in complete drama, and complete conflict, our two darling little girls, wonderful little girls started conflict because they didn't know how to handle peace. And my wife and I, as we were repairing ourselves and our relationship and putting our lives back together, we had to have a conversation with our daughters saying we're not going back to that lifestyle. And that conflict and drama, although they were used to it and it felt natural for them, it was no longer a part of our life. And over time, the level of conflict and drama and anger and attacks, it went down to almost nothing. And now that it's the exception and it comes from a place of of triggering, of pain, sometimes old pain. And when it happens, it's very short-lived and the magnitude is very small. And the apologies flow quickly and naturally and freely. Guys, living a purposeful and intentional life means you understand what you are here to achieve, what you are here, what your natural talents are here, what you want to express in the world, and being that without shame. And designing a life for you, by you, creating that life shamelessly. And and allowing everybody around you to do the same. It all happened because of one decision. A decision that I made that life sucked so much, I put the barrel of a fucking gun in my mouth. And that wasn't a very high-quality lifestyle that I was living. So I I decided, and I I knew at that moment that I had nothing figured out. And everything had to shift since I couldn't pull the trigger. Everything had to change. And nothing, nothing was sacred. Not even the God that I tried to believe in but couldn't. That God had to go to. And that Angry, narcissistic, jealous, vengeful, rageful God has been replaced by a God of complete and unconditional love and empowerment and support and encouragement and enthusiasm for what I want to be and for what I want to create for what I want to do in this world. That is what living a purposeful and intentional life is. It means choosing for you and carrying out the plan. Guys, I hope this helps. Thanks for thanks for letting me jam with you. I hope this I hope this created some some enthusiasm, some momentum in you. And I hope it makes you make that same decision that I made that I'm not settling for the old compromised life of the past. When I got about 30 or 40 years left on this planet, and I want to live soul out from this point forward, and you're not getting out of here alive, so why settle in any area of your life? If you enjoyed what you heard and you want to learn more, go to www.innerwealthglobal.com for more tools and resources.